Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to I'm Listening, the second Frasier podcast of its kind. I won't tell you what the first one is. As always, we have a special guest with every episode, and today is no different. Today we have one of my favorite comedians, writers, um, really does it all, in my opinion. I was going to call her an entrepreneur, but I don't know. Th- she's not an entrepreneur. Please welcome Jenny Jaffe to the podcast. Welcome, Jenny. How are you today? I'm good. It's good to talk to you. Yes, I'm very um, I'm very excited to talk to you, especially because if it doesn't surprise you, I do love my, my male fans and guests, but I do uh, love talking to women that uh, like Frasier. And it turns out there's a lot more than I realized. Yeah, it's got sort of like this... Uh... I don't want to say cult following because it was so popular, but it's got a following of people who are really too young to be watching it when it was on. Absolutely. Um, which is great. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, as I always want to know about everybody that I talk to, uh, how did you get into Frasier? Did you start watching it when it was on Netflix repeats? Um, I watched it when it was on cause my parents watched it and I would have been like seven or something um when it came out and Mm -hmm. I remember that my um my so my best friend uh in first grade who's uh uh still we're still best friends but uh we met in first grade and we both had baby g watches that we set (laughs) to um go off at 7 p.m. when Frasier reruns would come on. (laughs) Um, Wow. uh, Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, again, was pretty young. Um, I, like, don't know what appealed to me so much about the show because there's no way I got the jokes. (laughs) Sure. I think it just, like... They were, like, two guys who, like, seemed... They acted weird. They were too weird acting... Guys, like I'm trying to think because it's not like I related to their like weird, like pseudo cosmopolitan, um, like sort of one upsmanship with each other or whatever. Like, there's no like theme of the show that I could possibly have related to, sure. But they talked funny and there was a dog, so Um, I later in life I rewatched and I was like, this is great. Yeah, I mean, I similarly to you also watched it with my parents and I was also very young uh, when it was on. And I I also know that I didn't understand the jokes, but I at least at that age recognized similarly because I also watched uh, Seinfeld that or like with Kramer, like I recognized what I considered a goofy character early yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. And I thought they were goofy. And then, you know, as you get older, especially your writing and doing comedy, then I was like, oh my God, the writing is so good. Yeah. Well, now, like, that's the thing is I went back and I was like, this is completely brilliant. But at the time I was, it's just like, uh, you know, heightened characters and they made funny faces. And, um, I, uh, 
yeah, but like I grew up and like I like got to do the sort of Netflix reappraisal of it and mm-hmm. and was just like really floored by like very, very tight sitcom writing and um the uh I the other thing that happened when I got older is I got very obsessed with Kelsey Grammer as just sort of like a figure. Really? Um, <laughs> Like I, I read his um, autobiography, which I really recommend if What's you it have called? not. It's called So Far, and he's it's it's truly it's truly remarkable. There's a Jezebel article that has some pretty choice um, excerpts in it. Yeah, uh, one thing that that always sticks out at me is that there's a part where he talks about his rivalry with um, Moose, the dog who played Eddie. Oh my god! Um, and he was uh, bitter that Moose would get um, treats after every take, whereas he had to be a professional actor who knew his lines. Uh huh. Um, he's just the weirdest. <laughs> he's just like the strangest man alive. He like wow. A lot of weird murders happened in his family. Yeah, um, I which did he know that. considers about as in the book. It's like I've had many interesting things happen in my life. I. <laughs> witnessed the murder of my family i acted on stage alongside mandy patinkin like he's just it's his priorities are very uh it's just it's a it's a fantastic book there's a part where he wonders if he might be jesus it truly i can't recommend it highly enough and he does have an audiobook where he reads it wow Uh, it's great all right, it's on my list. I think also it's time for me to move out of the genre that I seem to be stuck on, which is uh, crime novels about women that murder or get murdered. Oh, or both. sure. Oh, same. So did you just read I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Uh, no, but it's next. Oh, well, oh, or, it's, unless it's I watch Frasier's, unless I read Frasier's biography. Honestly, but I heard it's do great. do it as a double, as like a back-to-back yeah, I do that too. I used to, I had been listening to a lot of crime podcasts. Um, yeah, but then I had to stop because um, I like on my way to work it was fine, but then when I would drive home, I, it would get dark and I'd be like way too freaked out. Yeah, I bet. So. I think. As a rule, I'd probably, and I do the same thing now, is sometimes I am a fan of horror movies and I want to watch them with people. But if I can't, if something's too scary, I like to save it for the daytime. Yeah. Whether whether it's a crime show, a horror movie, or a p- crime podcast, because nothing bad happens during the day. That's right. What I, that's what I tell I myself. I tell myself that too. I also tell myself like, oh, if I'm like watching TV in the background for some reason, that'll like a serial killer would come in they'd be like oh she's watching reruns of 30 rock like we can't murder her now exactly you know what this is a good time to bring up that in a earlier podcast when i did an episode with uh josh gondelman Uh we talked talked about fraser fan fiction which is a fun hole to fall into when how much of there is how much there is there there's so much that you you couldn't even scratch the surface like in a day what's the most popular uh, kind or so, subject. So what I found out about is there was an, a really great article actually um, about this ki- guy who's like our age who started uh, like a like a Geo City style Angel, Angel Fire oh website when he was okay. really young, where he started writing entire episodes um, uh-huh. of the of the show while it was still on. Uh, it's not in front of me right now, but I can send you the article. I think it was from Ranker, and it like went into like there were like links to this particular person who used to write all of these spinoffs and then other just fanfics that people would write on 
message boards, which all continue to live on the internet. Oh, so, I am so excited to do a deep dive into this. I will absolutely um, send Please. it your way. I'll yes. make a note. Send Jenny fan Fraser fan fiction. <laughs> so, so part of what we did during that episode is I made up a bunch of spinoffs and pitched them to Josh. And the one he liked the most, which I think you'll like, um, was called Young Martin, which was oh, my I love it. Yeah, my thought that uh, it's pre Fraser and Niles, and it's Martin while he's still a detective, perhaps when he's just met his future wife, and she's like a. I think she was yeah, she's a psychologist. They met over a chalk outline of a body and yeah I, f- I feel like that could be a great show for cbs that would be honestly amazing one day i hope um i i love that <laughs> i've never watched cheers which is somewhat shameful me neither you are not alone okay and good 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 there's there's more than a few of us um there's uh, an episode i recorded with um kevin Sekia, who's a t- like a tv writer and he loves cheers and we were sort of trying to convince each other he doesn't really watch frasier so we tried to convince each other to watch each other's favorite shows uh i don't know i'm not in the mindset yet i feel like i need to my whole thing is watching shows that are more than like four seasons i need to be out of commission like i've either i've just had a surgery yeah or i'm unemployed and then that's when i'll have the time to watch 11 seasons of uh cheers um, so i always uh, tell myself like okay yeah. next time i get sick i'm gonna like watch this show and then i just like end up re-watching something i've already watched or yeah. like just um like a bunch of youtube videos or something absolutely and often in my case frazier <laughs> yes. um so uh, before uh we get to sort of today's topic um i am curious do you have like a favorite character from Frasier or anyone that you now in your life relate to character wise on the show? Yeah, I think, um, I, uh, I love Niles a lot. Yes. A lot. Mm-hmm. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's like a kind of, um, there's an anxiousness to him that I relate to quite a bit. Sure. Um, and, like Frazier's kind of got more of a uh, like an ego, I guess that he like kind of doesn't realize how neurotic he is, or he can like hide it a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, but Niles is like just the uncool parts of Frazier. Sure. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, they're both uncool. They're both like deeply uncool, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, always sort of related to him. They're, um, something that just I just remembered is that there was an episode of Frazier where like Niles somehow ends up at a basketball game and they have like one of those free throw challenges at, I remember I almost said intermission, which says (laughs) a lot about me um, at halftime. Yeah. And, uh, and he sinks the ball. If that's Mm -hmm. the, he makes the basket. I remember. And, um, by accident. Yes. And the next day after it aired, so I played basketball in uh, elementary school. Somewhat misguidedly. I'm not, I'm not athletic. (laughs) and I got fouled and I got to do a free throw and like in my head I was like oh Niles did it so I'm gonna do it and um, I did it and I won the game for my team and it was it was on my 10th birthday and I was like the happiest wow it was like my one sports victory and I wrote a fan (laughs) letter to David Hyde Pierce (gasps) to tell him about it oh my god do you still have it I don't. I don't, uh. unfortunately. I don't remember. It was a long time I, I, ago. <laughs> it was. I don't think I ever got a response, but 
that's um, amazing. If I ever meet him. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, but, and so I love, I love Niles and, uh, I, I love Roz. I think she's very badass. Roz is uh, great. She puts up with a lot. She does before. So I'm now I'm just slightly curious. Have you, is this something like writing fan lenders? It's not something I ever did. Have you, did you do this for other people that you like too? No, the only person I wrote a fan letter to was David Hyde Pierce. And then like years later, which is like so, so dorky. And then years later, I'm pretty sure I wrote a fan uh, letter to Tony Shalhoub. Um, (laughs) Because I um, have OCD, as I think you know. Yes. And um, Monk was a show that um, meant a lot to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. cause it came out like around the time that my OCD was the worst and it was Mm. like very helpful in helping kind of the other people in my life understand what was going on. Um, and also it just like was comforting to me that I was like, Oh, like he's got this same thing that I do, but he's like got a successful career and like, um, I don't know. It it was it was helpful at the time. Um and it was also just it's that. a very gentle show which which I needed. So those those that. are the two fan letters I've uh, <laughs> I've ever written. <laughs> oh, wow, that's great. That's very I, know. I mean, that's so Jenny. Like I love that. I, oh, thank <laughs> I you so much. We, and I don't, you know, obviously I we haven't talked in a while and it just that made it's it's great. But like what a great combo. For a second I thought you were going to say because it's weird. So I didn't um I still haven't really watched Monk, um, but I know him from the show Wings, which oh, was a yeah, show. Sure, yeah. And like that was like another actual po- very popular Tony Shalhoub character. But either way, you could have said Wings and I would have been like, sure. Or Galaxy Quest. He's very good uh, in Galaxy Quest. He is great. And you know what? It's nice to hear that Tony Shalhoub and David Hyde Pierce are getting these letters because I always assume those are not the people I think of getting fan mail. Definitely I think of, not from like young girls. Yeah, like exactly. very young girls. You know, I think of like, you know, Chris Evans and and like Avengers getting uh, a right. lot of fan mail. We need oh. more character actors getting fan mail. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, yeah. my boyfriend just told me this, mm-hmm. um, that uh, there was, I guess, some interview with the writers of the new Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. And they compared Doctor Strange and Tony Stark in it to Niles and Frazier. <gasps> what? Because okay. they said like. I don't know if you've seen it. This isn't really a spoiler. Oh, good. Um, okay. I know people the, will be angry. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a spoiler. They just said that they're like the way they kind of bicker is like modeled sort of after how Frasier and Niles like are so similar that they mm-hmm. see the annoying things about themselves and each other. Well, that makes me want to see the movie. <laughs> I, it's it was like it made so much sense after I saw it because they it usually in a show, and I think Martin does this um for them but usually in a in a sitcom you would have two polar opposites who are coming into conflict but i think it's so much more interesting to have two people who are very similar i think that's why most siblings don't get along not because they're like so dissimilar but because they are so similar yeah and and they also know how to push each other's buttons yeah absolutely and i'm an only yeah i'm an only child i am yeah so i um I think a lot of uh, what I saw of of siblings apparently came from that show, uh, 
which I liked because I did like that they're like best friends. I thought that was yeah, nice. Yeah, it's really nice. It's something I actually I think this all the time about uh, Bob's Burgers too, which is that a lot of times on shows where there's siblings, it feels like they came from totally different parents. Like yeah, like it's Bart and Lisa. It's weird that they were raised in the same house. You know, for they're sure, like for they're sure. they're totally different. But like the the Belgian kids, it's like they're all weirdos. Like they all oh, are sure. weird in like this sort of similar way. And I think that's Absolutely. That's so smart, and that's what Fraser and Niles are too. Um, well, if even, you ever, yeah. It, oh no, I was gonna say if you ever find the letter in a box somewhere, um, I will. Please, I don't know if my mom has a copy, but it's. Um, <laughs> I remember like going on her laptop with her, and we looked up like how like how do we send a fan letter? Which it's so funny that this was the case. I hope someday our paths cross, and I get to. Yeah. Um, I get to say that I've been lucky enough to have a couple instances where I've gotten to like really tell people, you know, what their work meant to me. And I think these are the, this one, this is a particularly specific incident. So, well, also fortunately, as far as like actual, the actors themselves go, he is not a nut. I don't think compared to Kelsey Grammer, who I don't think I would want to run into him, you no, know, Kelsey Grammer's, <laughs> A lot. I really recommend this book. Yeah, I'm Um, gonna. I'm gonna read it for sure. (laughs) So it's so fascinating. Truly, I've never seen somebody so out of touch. Yeah, with any with any kind of reality. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's in the book or it might be a different one. But I did find some excerpts of like some writers and or producers on the set of the show talking about what it was like working with him when he was like doing a lot of drugs. So um, <laughs> I'm sure that that like he definitely did a lot of cocaine. I believe he was yes. an alcoholic at some point. So, yeah, I need to read the book and then I'll just understand him or maybe not. But I'll come back to the uh, book club episode where we talk about So Far by Kelsey Grammer. I'm going to write book club down because I do like to, I mean, I I want to get as specific as possible. There's just a lot. It's 11 C. Seasons. There's a lot it's to explore. Lot. Um, book club episode. Okay, so um, I I pitched you a, a few things that I thought would be interesting to get into, and one thing uh, that I have not gotten into at all in any of the other episodes that I've done is Roz. Uh, a focus on Roz. And then also Daphne, because when I think of Roz, I think of how different Daphne is. I think about how different their storylines in terms of their romantic lives, kind of uh, the directions that they went off of. And then I thought of the Madonna whore complex, which, to be completely honest, I kind of knew what it meant. And then I looked it up. Um, So for any of our listeners who aren't sure, I have pulled up an excerpt from Wikipedia. So think, take that as you will in terms of uh, uh, the research that I've done. Uh, but this psychological complex is said to develop in men who see women as either saintly Madonnas or debased prostitutes. The man categorizes, uh, talking about this particular man who does this, the man categorizes women into two groups, women he can admire and women he finds sexually attractive, whereas the man loves women in the former category he despises and devalues the latter group. So that did make me think uh, of Roz and Daphne. I, I would like to say I do love Daphne as a character as well, just in a very different way. Um, so you're a fan of Roz. I think you said I that. I am a fan of Roz. Yeah. I love Daphne too. She, she's so weird. Sure. Like, like, uh, the, the show's attitude towards, um, towards Daphne, I think evolves a lot 
over time. I think she's sort of like more bubble headed mm-hmm. towards the beginning of the of the show, and then she becomes more of like a moral center. And I think Roz also like there's a whole lot of slut shaming around Roz, but she sort of becomes like someone who really evens out Frasier and like who who obviously they have a very close relationship. For sure. I thought you... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. You first. Uh, But I think there is a lot of, like... The show presents a lot of, like, dichotomies of, like, the kind of women that uh, Frasier always ends up uh, dating versus, like, Lilith or um, Maris, who is Mm -hmm. very much Daphne's opposite. It's a lot of, like... um, I mean, it's, like... I think that's less, like, pitting women against women than it is, like, sitcom character wheel stuff. Sure. Um, because I think that's the same with their uh, their male characters too. The only difference is that Frasier um, Frasier dates as much as Roz does, maybe more. He dates a lot, you know. And you bring me to a good uh, thing that I wanted to mention here, and I should look up Frasier uh, on this. But so I wanted to see if I could find was there anywhere on the internet uh, that was like cataloging like Roz's love life in the show because uh, the more I've sort of dug deeper and deeper into specific things that I want to know about from the show the more I find out I'm not alone in the in in my curiosity Um, and so I found this website called it's called oh it's okay so it's ocities.org, but somebody made a page called Roz's Love Life. And <laughs> this is absolutely insane. They essentially um, compiled an entire list matched with this episode on any guy she's slept with, dated, had a crush on, had a bad date with. And so I counted all of them and it came to wow. 90 it came to 99. Um, okay. I do I do wish that I had uh, that number for Frasier, but I'm sure it matches up or like you said, probably even more so um, because she mentions that like there's just even a lot of of times on the show where she ends up reminiscing about like a bad date she had or like or there was like a time where she talks about the summer of tag tab and tad like when she dated three different guys who had almost the same name uh-huh. in, in the same summer so there's like a lot of similarly to Daphne who doesn't necessarily talk about all the men she's dated but does make reference to her former life and it's often about her family so that's something I right. want I wanted to mention this to you, and I don't know if it's something that is just coincidental, but I I was thinking about the fact that Roz, at the end of the show, um, and I don't think a lot of, I never saw it as a bad thing, but she doesn't end up with any any guy at the end. I don't know if you remember how it ends, but she the whole, the whole show ends with her getting promoted to station manager, and like, you know, she's left some relationship, and she's like a, yeah, a single independent working woman. Uh, Daphne gets her sort of, you know, happy ending. She gets it pretty pretty early on. But then I was thinking about their upbringings because Roz mentions how she had this like really lovely, innocent like um, time growing up in Wisconsin. And right. she ha- yeah. She, yeah, and she has this great mom and and then Daphne, when you think of everything she mentions, uh it you kind of figure out through the entire show. Her father's an alcoholic. 
Her mom is like pretty cruel and says horrible things to her. Her, her grandma's a witch, maybe. Her, her grandma's a witch um, and says things like "There's there'll be no Brussels sprouts in hell. Uh, and she has like 10 brothers and most of them are horrible. Right. Uh, and yet, you know, I don't know. I feel like she did have a happy ending. Well, maybe um, it is yeah. like the thing that she was trying to achieve was like a stable family and she got that. And then the thing yeah. Roz was trying to achieve was sort of like breaking out of oh. the nuclear family model. And she got, I mean, I think it's very cool that Roz is like sort of this like high powered uh, lady for sure. Like she's definitely like the coolest, like in the same way that I feel like we all look back on Sex in the City and we're suddenly like, wait, like Miranda's the best one. <laughs> like yeah. I think yeah. it's the same thing where you, like you get a little older and you're suddenly like, oh, like I want to be the person who's like very secure and like independent and Absolutely. and 100% my own person before anybody else comes into the picture. You know, like I think yeah. that's that's maybe Roz. Like she's very unapologetic which is cool and she always has like you know the best comebacks and the snappiest lines um also i thought it was interesting that she gets along like she definitely aligns with mart with martin like martin always invites her to poker games and they talk about sports and so i feel like there's a little bit of martin in her yeah she's well she's smart and martin's smart too they're smart without being uh show-offy or like they don't need to be the smartest person in the room or they don't need to prove it absolutely um i wanted to mention uh so like okay with daphne what's interesting to me is i think she is uh i think she is you definitely like i see her as this very sort of innocent like a character who to me is even further made into a put on a pedestal by uh, a certain Niles. Uh, So I was like thinking about what is it about her that makes her so innocent because she also dates on the show. Um, I would say she, she's definitely more reserved. Like there's at a certain point, like pretty early on, there's an episode where she goes on a date with a guy or three dates and she comes back from it and she says, we had a lovely time, but I have nothing more to say. And then her skirt was like tucked into her pantyhose. Right. So, she, so she'd had some fun. Um, but I feel like the accent helps add some whimsy. I feel like it wouldn't be the same amount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she she's kooky. That's like the that's the descriptor for Daphne. She's, she's very kooky. There's also some characters that I see along the way now that I do think of Daphne now. One in particular. Well, also, do you ever watch the show Riverdale? Oh yes, yes. Okay, yes. so I'm um I'm not I haven't seen season two because don't uh, bother. It's it's not on Netflix. Oh no, <laughs> oh no. No, it, it it's great if you like it. Um, if you like mob shows, it just turns into a mob <laughs> show. It's oh man, crazy. Ooh, all right. Well, then fortunately, my only reference is season one. Um, immediately. Pretty early on, like I did not, uh, I was not particularly familiar with Archie. I know the main characters. That's all I knew going into it. Yeah, but I, I, I was like instantly into what I believe people turned into a hashtag Dark Betty. Uh, yes. And, and and after I saw Dark Betty uh, and when she like, I think it was like in the first or second episode, she like turns into this like 
alter ego and she's got a wig on and she's like, you know, drowning a guy, drowning guys wearing high heels. And I was like, I immediately thought of Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so part of me wonders if Daphne did end up becoming um, sort of like paving the way for more kooky, like dark. Like, in fact, are you are you familiar? There's even comedians that I think of that um, I'm reminded of. Do you know this comedian named Mae Wilkerson? I don't. So she's in she's in New York. She was actually my first guest on this show. Uh, oh, definitely cool. an episode worth listening to. But um, when I think of her, I think of a person who says or like, OK, here's one more. Do you know Caitlin Broderick? That name is really familiar. I don't know if I know her. She wrote a book. It's called Dangerous Boobies. Um, OK, great. And she's and she, she talked about breaking up with her breasts um, because she uh, had the, the uh, I don't mean to sound ignorant. I don't know the name, but she essentially found she had this gene uh, where it was likely she would get breast cancer. Oh, okay. so, so she ended up having a double mastectomy. Uh, um, but she, you know, she, she's having a, she just had a baby. She, you know, she's really happy. But anyway, she wrote this amazing book. But I bring up these two comedians because the thing I like about Daphne, she's got this sing songy quality to her voice, but she says often extremely extremely dark things, um, which is apparently a thing that I like. And I also wanted to, that made me think of your character in your show, Neurotica. That made me think of Neurotica. Thank you. Yeah. That's very much my, um, my MO is I love doing, uh, like characters who are just really like, um, uh, like blithe about saying, things like because I think it's very disarming to people I think like to like Daphne will usually a Daphne joke is like she'll say something kind of terrifying then like kind of smile and leave the room and a second later they'll be like wait what yes and I I always think that's (laughs) great (laughs) and you know she's a bit psychic as she references many many times um oh so I was gonna ask I was curious uh so there's two things in Roz's storyline uh, the first one that I thought of, which I think they considered pretty early on, which um, there's two guys that she gets together with in the show. Number The one that bothered me the most was she does get together with Bulldog. Oh, you know what that is? That's the Ann and Tom uh, from Parks and Rec. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I did not like the Ann and Tom combo. No, <laughs> where it's just this thing of like, I guess they just wanted to kind of see how these characters would pair off and they're together a lot. But like, oh, man, oh, man, can she do so much better? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, then there's, you know, the fact that she gets together not for too long, but she does finally like in season nine uh, sleep with Frasier. Yes. And they held off on that for like a long time. Uh, and. It, had I been an adult watching the entire time, I think I would have been very upset Yeah, uh, about that. Um, but well, what I will say, and I'm glad that it at least worked out this way, is they did sleep together, but they didn't end up together, which yeah. I was fine with. I was totally it's, okay I mean, with it's, uh, it's, it's, again, sort of that thing of, like, you have enough characters together. Like, there's really only so many things any sitcom can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it makes sense that they they tried that. But, yeah, she's too good for him. She's way Absolutely. too good for him. 
I completely agree. So about halfway through the show, I think it might, I want to say it's episode 100. There's one of my favorite episodes is when she finds out she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, So that episode was, I learned what French farce was recently, actually from uh, uh, somebody I follow on Twitter named Anthony Oliveira, who uh, I did an episode of this podcast podcast with. Um, But so in this episode, she finds out she might be pregnant at the beginning of the episode. And then um, Niles has a party for Halloween at his house where everyone dresses up as their favorite literary character. Uh Uh-huh. so Roz shows up dressed as O from O. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And wow. she wear yeah. And she wears uh, a a leather corset and then, you know, accidentally uh word gets out that she's pregnant. And then I think by the end of the episode, Niles thinks that uh Daphne is the one that's pregnant and proposes while he's drunk. Um so here's I say I say all of this because I'm curious, uh, what did you think of of just her storyline progressing that way, becoming pregnant. Because to me, this this is how I interpreted it, because I, you know, spent a lot of time interpreting Frasier. I couldn't tell if this was just sort of a way of settling down her character as like a punishment almost for, you know, her dalliances, or was it even just more of like, you know, she might she might never you know settle down with a guy but like that doesn't mean she can't start a family so i'm curious if you interpreted that i like the single mom like cool murphy brown elements Mm. the Mm -hmm. interpretation quite a bit more because i think there is like on tv shows if a character has sex it is very likely in a few episodes they will have a baby sure um it does feel somewhat punitive. Um, I don't remember the episode in particular, but mm-hmm. um, like, I can't imagine the reaction was just good for her. No, um, no, it was very much like uh, a lot of uh, jokes at her expense. Like when Martin finds out she's pregnant, he goes, well, you know, she's been around the block a few times, so it's not that surprising. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he says that. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there's something cool in her just deciding to keep it and um, and do, yeah. do you re- you remember what happens with and it's by the way it's totally fine that you don't I I, I know only, it's been such a long time I, since I've I only, gone back I only and like, yeah I only expect me to know everything um, oh, okay cool cool but uh if t- so to refresh your memory she it turns out the father is uh, a 20 year old waiter at Cafe Nervosa oh yeah yeah so she um so he feels like the the right thing to do is propose to her so he says he's going to quit college and he's going to like they're going to get an apartment and they're going to get married and i think she absolutely made uh, a really mature great choice which was you know what you don't need to be a part of this like i'll be fine and yeah. she you know and she kind of just uh goes off off on her own yeah i mean i think that's a cool uh modern lady way to way to do it is I to thought, realize like she's better off on her own absolutely um there's 
I, I put up, a, I posted a few, or I found a few links of like her best one-liners. There's also uh, entire Reddit threads dedicated to like every episode. <laughs> um, I mean, essentially, uh, there's there's a thread for every everything you've ever had a question about on the show, Frasier. <laughs> I'm so excited to do a deep dive into the fan fiction and oh the um, uh, like Reddit community about Frasier. I guess it's never occurred to me that this was a show that would have any of that. But of course, oh. every show is. I think it probably well, I know it helps. Granted, I, I'll never know the numbers, but I'm I'm very curious about, you know, in terms of how Frasier fandom has grown, would any of as many of these things be available in terms of like threads without it being on Netflix? Because I think it definitely gave it a second life for sure. Um, Oh, the other, so the, I wanted to bring up the reason the, the Madonna whore complex thing was interesting to me. And I wondered, and perhaps when I get the chance, hopefully in the near future, to interview an actual writer from the show, which I am working on. I don't want to jinx it. Um, I'm very curious to ask, and I'll ask you for now, do you think it was intentional, the Madonna whore complex? Because um, if you didn't know, I didn't know for sure until I researched that Frasier and Niles, um, Frasier is a Freudian and Niles yes. is, is a is an Ungian, if I'm pronouncing that right. Carl Ung, Jung, whatever. Um, so part of me thinks it can't just be coincidental that they have these two female characters that are sort of almost compliments to each other. What do you think? Wow. You know, I didn't know that about I, or I didn't remember that about their different like um psychology styles my boyfriend's uh in grad school studying psychology so i've gotten like oh. some like secondhand like Ooh. uh information about those but i i didn't realize that that was part of their um their conflict or i didn't remember it but mm-hmm. i think um yeah so i don't know if it's intentional that it's specifically a madonna horror complex or if it's just that um the idea of characters uh again either in the case of Niles and Frazier being sort of like reflections of each other or being like polar opposites of each other sure Um, and like kind of needing that to balance out a sitcom because it creates natural conflict so to have characters who are treated by the show as opposites and who sort of are um, viewed by the other characters as opposites really helps set that up I don't remember any significant like episodes where it's like just the two of them. Yeah. I, don't um, think there I, I know they interact. But I don't know if they were like ever given like the Daphne and Roz spectacular episode or whatever. <laughs> well, you know what I thought um, was, I, what I thought was nice, which is a thing that I just love about sitcoms, the ones that I personally really liked growing up. And this one in particular, where not necessarily uh, realistic to life, but in my fantasy, you do start with these people at the beginning of a show who then become like a family, essentially. Right. So like Frasier and uh, Daphne become friends. Like there, I don't think there's ever an episode where they're the stars and it's just the two of them, but like a friendship grows and you just start to see them hanging out together, watching movies together, going to a ball together. Um, you know, Daphne or Roz is uh, supposed to be one of Daphne's bridesmaids when she's engaged to Donnie. So they're definitely friends. Yeah. Um, and they yeah. seem to, yeah, they seem to compliment each other. Um, I am curious as a, uh, failed psychology major. Uh, I did Are like you? it. 
Oh, yeah. I was a psych major for two years. Oh, my and- God. I had no idea. Yes, I've been to um, – here's a fun plug for everyone out there. I, um, I'm i doing a one-woman show uh, at, a, at a storytelling festival in New York um, called – I think it's called Rise Up, Speak Up – called College Sucks in August, and it's about – all four colleges that I attended. Oh my god! That's right, four oh, I colleges. I wish I could be there. <laughs> Me too. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, but yes, I before I um, got into film and TV as a major, I was a screen or excuse me, a screenwriting major. I was a psych major for two years, and I was the easily the the most interesting thing that we got into was mental illness, and like I did an abnormal psych class. So here's here's what I'm curious about. Now that you are second hand learning things from your boyfriend is there anything in particular that you're like the most or you've learned about since secondhand since he's now in school for it that you've like learned about well I think like I also just had um as you know like a lot of mental health sort of experience over the last of course oh right couple years of course so, so I'm so um so it's something that I'm like definitely super interested in I don't think I knew any of like the specific like full lot sort of philosophical elements of it like I knew more of the diagnostic stuff of it I didn't really know like the here is what Freudian means I just knew it was a thing you say like oh that's very Freudian because you think it looks like a dick or whatever yeah um but I don't (laughs) think I realized like like what that actually is and like that there are actual different schools of thought. One of the cool things is that he watches um, videos sometimes for class that where it's like you're watching like a real therapy session and it's like therapists using different techniques. Uh And there was this one where it was like the first session was what we like, I think I don't know what it's called, but it's, I think what most people would think of as like therapy, which is just somebody like asking you questions and having you sort of come to your own conclusions. Mm -hmm. And one was like very confrontational. Like it's the guy trying to get the person angry, like to kind of get them to like get out whatever they're feeling. Like, I guess it didn't occur to me that there would be these different, like very radically different schools of like, this is the best way to, um, deal with this issue yeah like it just seemed to me like of course you don't do the yelling at someone one but like (laughs) you know what that makes me remember that when I was a psych major it was definitely interesting to see all the different kinds of uh what is it therapy or different kinds of psychologies for example I don't think I'm using the right words but like you know for somebody such as somebody who has OCD for example um cognitive behavioral therapy is often very helpful but then there's yeah exactly there's psychoanalytic there's psychosomatic maybe um uh so uh, and yes so going back to like mental illness in the show I would say Niles definitely um had OCD would you say yes absolutely (laughs) yeah I just I just love these character actors who played uh played grown men with OCD absolutely Uh, so actually I did have a question about that brings me to the show that you were in and wrote right did you you, yes yes you wrote Neurotica yes I did is it is it uh can I still watch it can other people still watch it on yeah um, it's on ifc.com Uh, you can still watch it totally worth watching 
Would you do me a uh, favor? Because I don't want to misquote anything. What is the general premise of oh, the Oh, sure. Neurotica show? is um, about a dominatrix with OCD uh, trying to save her small town dungeon uh, <laughs> in sort of a you've got mail situation. Love it. It's Love so it. silly. Um, and hopefully uh, it is not. Hopefully you have not seen the last. I hope not either. I am curious um, uh, before we wrap up. So when you wrote Neurotica, did you have to do any research or did you feel like you needed to do research or did you solely just go based off of your own experiences with OCD? Um, I'm curious. For the OCD, like the character is 100% just me. Like I just use specifics from my own neuroses. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but he did talk to real, uh, dominatrices, uh, cause yeah. I think that's something that can get really easily, uh, misconstrued or misrepresented. And I wasn't out to judge anybody and I wasn't out to, um, sort of create more stereotypes or anything. I wanted to try and do the, the most Good. honest, best version that I could. That's, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I think it's also like I was thinking about Frasier and I I hope I get to ask somebody who was involved in the show. I did feel like with Niles, I did feel like it was a pretty given that like I am related to people that uh, have OCD. A lot of the things that he did do did match up. Did you feel like from your own experiences, it was like relatable and realistic? Yeah. I mean, I think I related to that character a lot. Like even when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. um, He's just, um, there is a, and I think this is just David Hyde Pierce too, but it's like, um, just like a second away from an anxiety attack feeling, which is very much what it feels like living in my brain. So I very, I totally relate to that. Absolutely. Um, And just like the sense of like wanting things to be in order and wanting them to be a certain way because... Because it's just like too too anxiety provoking otherwise. Sure. Well, you give me hope that one day I will go back and further develop the the. Uh, I wrote a screenplay uh, when I was a screenwriting major. Uh, did you ever see this movie or hear of it called War of the Roses? With I've um, heard of it. I've never watched it. Uh, it is a film that I thoroughly enjoy. It's Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, and they're getting divorced. And essentially, it gets really ugly, and it just kind of turns into it's it's a it's a comedy. But they equally di- like truly hate each other, and, and essentially trying to kill each other uh, because they start fighting over the things that they're going to keep. So I wrote a screenplay inspired by that, but it was based upon uh, my parents and the fact that they both have OCD. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. And like they're friends, by the way, but they are divorced and they get along much better because of that. But um, I really wanted to, to do something about that or even just figure out a way to, to do something about growing up with uh, people that have OCD. That's so interesting. I like that a lot. I thought it was great what you did and like with neurotica because I I feel like it can so easily when you're dealing with mental illness um, and you don't like know what you're talking about. It can very much um, become uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it, it doesn't feel like you're laughing with but laughing at if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people like when the sort of the log line for the show like just came out or whatever we're like, oh, great, another show that's going to, like, misunderstand OCD. And I got to be like, hey, um, 
yeah. like I sort of like came in with my credentials and I was like, Hey, I'm like a person diagnosed with OCD and, uh, wrote this based on my own experience and don't expect it to represent everybody. I just, um, wrote from the heart. So, um, and I, I really, and I think, and this is my philosophy with, um, you are okay as well, which is just when you're telling mm-hmm. your own story, you kind of can't go wrong. Like, um, just tell your own story and make room for other people to tell theirs. And that's sort of all you can, all you can really do. Absolutely. And actually, would you do me the favor again of, um, because I know about, um, your, where the, the, the site that you started, but what is the, the site that you started? Sure. It's called project. You're okay. And it's a online resource for teens um, and young adults who are struggling with mental illness. And you can find it at project. You are okay. Like the letters you are okay.org. Yes, I um and I'm, Anita's on there. I'm on there and it's the best and um I'm glad it exists and Thank you. Uh I you know, I I wish it was something that was around when I was a teen, but uh I'm glad I'm around for it now. And who knows? Thank you. You know, if I have kids, hey, I want to get them into therapy early. <laughs> just, Ooh, same. <laughs> just start, you know, from birth, basically. Like, listen, something's going to be up. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't necessarily have to be from your home life, which is going to be perfect because I'm going to be a perfect mom and we're not going to have any issues. But, you know, the the children at school, that's what I'm worried about. Exactly. Same. Yeah. I I mean, that's the, well, that's a separate conversation. I, I feel like the only way one day if I have children I'll be able to let go of the full, complete worry that they're going to get everything from my brain directly transferred into theirs. Oh. I'm going to I'm gonna have to let that yeah. go. <laughs> Same. We'll see if that wow, can happen. Wow, that's very relatable. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, before, okay, really, we are uh, towards the end here. I am curious, and uh, is there one character of, well, the Madonna whore complex, would you say you you favored Roz or Daphne as a, as a character over the other or both? Ooh, I think the first time I watched it when I was growing up, probably Daphne because she had a funny accent and she was sure. silly. Uh-huh. And uh, it was all the sort of like easy to grasp jokes for a kid. And, uh, but I think as a group, I was like, Roz is, Roz is a really cool lady. She's a cool Absolutely. independent woman and I have a lot of respect for her. Perhaps a feminist, if you will. Yes, that may say. be exactly what it is. <laughs> yes, and actually, if you want to uh, go online, here's another thing you can read, uh, and, which is an article called My Unlikely Feminist Hero, Roz Do- Doyle from Frasier. So, uh, yeah. Oh, if, yeah, I do want to read that. <laughs> just to be further inspired. Um, but uh, before we go... Um, is there you obviously? Hey, I always feel like every time I talk to you or you, you're somewhere in my feed, you're always doing something. So I am curious: <laughs> is there anything that you want to plug? Anything you're working on? That's, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm working on a bunch, but the only thing I can really say at the moment is that you should watch uh, Big Hero Six, which is premiering on Disney Channel at June uh, June ninth. Uh, I believe June ninth. It's a Saturday. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's going to be part of a new Saturday morning block on Disney. And I'm very excited uh, awesome. to be uh, writing on that. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Jenny Jaffe. Highly recommended um, following you, you on Twitter. I Yes. And uh, and I assume at some point sh- the show or maybe clips of it will be online somewhere after it comes out. Yes, definitely. And check out Neurotica on IFC. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't even need a TV to ch- or check that out. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, you can just check it out on a, the, oh, um, di- I think the Disney app, you can also watch Big Hero 6. 
Amazing. If you download the Disney Disney Go app. Wonderful. Uh, well, thank you, thank you so, so much. much. And always so, so good to talk to you, Anita. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny Jaffe, for, for joining us. And I look forward to catching up on Neurotica. Mm-hmm. Until next time, good night, Seattle. 